Greetings. We'll be reading a parable of Jesus, chapter 22, of the great feast. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you to fill our horn, fill us up with fresh oil. We call upon the name of the Lord that we will be inspired, enlightened, and guided by the reading of your word, Lord. Lord, bless this time that we have in reading your word, Lord God. We command Satan, sickness, and disease to leave this place, leave this body right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we shall be saved. The Lord our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. He protects us and guides us and loves us and allows us to enjoy this life fully, abundantly. Thank you, Lord, for this study. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 22, New Living Testament. Jesus also told them other parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited. But they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, The feast has been prepared. The bulls and fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business, others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their towns. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the hard honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. See the servants brought in everyone they could find. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. When the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the utter darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing, for many are called, but few are chosen. Note, when the king's servants brought everyone they could find to the wedding feast, there were good and bad people. The offer was open to anyone who wanted to come. So it is with heaven. Everyone is invited and anyone can refuse the offer. The same principle applies to recovery. God wants everyone to lead a healthy, productive, godly life. But anyone can refuse to start their recovery process. We will be like the first group of guests and suffer for our decisions. 
or we will be like the second group and enjoy what God offers us. Amen. God offers us up. We choose down. I chosen down. Well, what happened is I was given so many good things in life in the beginning, and I, I was using my own faith, the love I got from my mom, from the family, and I went and wasted and, and ran that into the ground. When it was all gone, and the alcohol, and the drugs, and the, and the sin was trying to kill me, put my face in the mud, I called on the name of the Lord. I called for my father. I said, Father, help me. And he picked me up, cleaned me up, and brought me with his principal people, people that had learned his ways. They're called principles. And they taught me. And I enjoyed life. I enjoyed work. I enjoyed the recovery process, the restitution. Amen. Call upon the Lord, folks. Everything came from Him. Our next reading is starts on Matthew 22, verse 15. Amen. Then the Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. They sent some of their disciples, along with the supporters of Herod, to meet with him. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Now tell us, what do you think about this? Is it right to pay Caesar or not taxes? But Jesus knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said. Why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin used for the tax. When they had in him a Roman coin, he asked, Whose inscription and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they said. Well then, he said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them, and they went away. Note, Whose inscription is stamped on the earth? Whose inscription is stamped on a human being? Whose likeness? God's. Is God's inscription stamped on the flowers and the trees? Isn't that a pure reflection of His love towards us, of the moons and the stars, of the oceans? of the organized humanity when they sing songs to God? Whose inscription is that stamped on? In my town, there's 33 churches. And it amazed me being in real estate and the cost of real estate and what unity can do when they worship and praise a living creator of whose inscription is stamped in their hearts. We all want to. We want to. God does not make it hard for us. Get on our knees and pray so we can get a conduit of inspiration to keep 
to honor him and honor ourselves and keep our our happiness alive in honoring God. One of the ways that works so easily is not to play God and to thank him for my mess-ups. When I try to play God and avoid God because I'm I don't know how to deal with a sin or anger. That's when I get in trouble, when I disconnect. Thanking God is the way to go in every area, to keep the communications open, making a gratitude list, singing songs unto the Lord, acknowledging, giving Him 10% of your day, 10% of your time, assures you our inheritance in heaven. Amen. Okay, reading from more from Matthew, verse 23 says, The same day Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question, Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers, the oldest one married, and then died without children. So his brother married the widow, but the second brother died also, and the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them. Last of all, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, You're mistaken. Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels of heaven. But now as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the scripture? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. When the crowds heard him, they were astonished at his teaching. One of my favorites, no, one of my favorites verses is verse 29. In other translations, it says, your mistaken is that you don't know the scripture. And you don't know the power of God. That's the beauty of of reading the scriptures, knowing God, and knowing the power of God. And what God can do in a life. God has all power, all wisdom, all knowledge. God knows our situation a thousand times better than I know it. You know it. He's proven himself over and over again. Amen. So I I acknowledge God of the living, God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and the God of you, the God of Fernando, and and the God of you. He raises us up and covers us and keeps us safe. Amen. 
thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. Let's move on to verse 2034, the most important commandment. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law of all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. The entire law and all of the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. In verses 23 to 40, to simplify our priorities, Jesus narrowed the 600 plus regulations of the law of Moses into two foundational commandments. Love God with everything we are and have. Love our neighbor as ourselves. To do these is to obey every other law. A better two-point summary of the 12 steps could not be found. When we love God with our very life, we will not want to do anything to disgrace Him or make Him angry. Loving others should make us aware of this pain others feel when we engage in our addictions. Our concern and love for them should make us think twice before causing them to suffer. One of the most important things right here is for me that I uh, experience is lack of love for self. And I see that from, from so many individuals. It says, the second commandment is equally important to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you love God, you will receive love for yourself. And then you will easily be able to give someone what you have. You can't give anyone what you don't have. And I ran, I ran, it says enthusiasm with not knowledge is not good, the Bible says. In other words, I receive a taste of God's love and I run to help my neighbor. Run to help someone. And I get bitten. Things go sour. You know, with the Apostle Paul, when he got the love of God, he spent it three years, something in that nature, studying words, words that gave him love, reading something like we're doing now. Enjoying the Word of God, making a task to read the whole Testament, the New Testament, and making notes. We can do this, folks, with the time that God has allotted to us. A second is equally important. Love yourself, then you can love your neighbor by receiving the love of God has given you. But then you say, I don't have time to read the Word. Well, then start thanking God that you don't have time to read the Word. Yeah, thank Him that you don't have time to read the Word. Now you're being honest, and you're taking a good, conscious look at yourself with God as the counsel of looking at you. Really? 
Really, you don't have time to read the Word of God. I'm giving you uh, 24 hours. I'm giving you immunity, strength for your health. Amen. That's the value of thanking God for something wrong I'm doing. It brings me to the counsel of His wisdom, His knowledge, His His strength, and His 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 help. We can do this. Amen. In verses 41 to 46 says, Whose son is the Messiah? Then surrounded by the Pharisees, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, He is the son of David. Jesus responded, Then why does David, speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit, call the Messiah, my Lord? For David said, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Since David called the Messiah my Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? No one could answer him, and after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. No. Interesting how the Lord says to us, the Lord says to us, sit in the place of honor in my right hand and rest until I humble your enemies beneath Addictions, anger, uh, rage. Sit and, and meditate and wait upon God. Turn all the, the apparatuses off and look at His print in the world and everyone around. And let God work for us. With our feet grounded on the floor, on the grass, and meditating on God his word. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you, Father, for engaging us, Lord God, in the commandments and the instructions and the love that you have for us, Lord. We are amazed in how the power and the scriptures, Lord, that gives us love and stability. We praise you and we thank you and we give you glory and honor for this reading. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for coming in today. Uh, we'll be shortly reading chapter 23, where it says, Jesus criticizes the religious leaders. Amen. Have a great day. Thank you, everyone, for coming in today's conclusion. We're talking about Matthew 22, verse 44. Would you please read it in content, Anna, and then we'll, we'll, we'll ask the questions, please. Okay, yes, Matthew, let me just pull it up here. Matthew 22, 44. 44, and we have it in various translations. I'm gonna do, I'll do New King James. You're going to do the New King James, which is beautiful. Yes. I'm going to do the New Living <clears throat> which I'm not, they're probably the same. I know this.
comes out up a lot, but I think we need to read 43 to see All why right. we're questioning it. Let's try that first. So okay. let's start with at 43 to 44, maybe. A little louder, baby. Okay. We'll start at 43. Uh, I'll read Matthew 22, 43. Okay. We'll start at 41. Please. Yes, I was just going to say it doesn't look like I've started in the right place here. Whose son is the Messiah? <clears throat> Whose son is the Messiah? Yes, it says here, Matthew twenty-two forty-one to 43. Here we go. It says here, while the Pharisees were gathered together... Um. When surrounded by the Pharisees, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? Uh They replied, he is the son of David. Jesus responded, then why does David, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, call the Messiah my Lord? For David said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Since David called the Messiah my Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? No one could answer him, and after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. (laughs) Jesus sets them up, huh? And that's way, that takes a lot of study, a lot of, Looking at it from different translations, so that's what we're doing today. And go ahead, I'll give you Anna the floor. Um, yeah, this pretty much says kind of the way you said it. It says, uh, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord? saying, for uh, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Beautiful, I get it now. Okay, if David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on did anyone dare question him anymore. Okay, um... And the question for me that brings up is, is the Bible right here says, whose son is the Messiah? And then the Pharisees answer it because they see it in Psalms. They know the Psalms. Mm -hmm. But you have to go deeper. If he is the son, whose son is the Messiah? The Amplified Bible said, the father said to the son, both capitalized, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the son brackets Messiah, father brackets the Lord said to my Lord. And then the, uh, the Amplified Bible breaks it down to father and son relationship, which is God. Right. You know, I, God came down here. So I think he was just trying, you know, in reading it, they were try- he was trying to tell. The Pharisees, when they read the scriptures, they um, were doing a literal translation. Uh-huh. Not looking deeper with the spiritual meaning behind it. And I guess it's a good, it's a really good um, uh, perspective uh, for us all as we read the scriptures 
we need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal more. Because it could say thing one, one, one way, but really the Holy Spirit can reveal the wisdom behind that scripture, you know, um, and have it. And you always want to have it in the right context of what you're reading. Here Jesus clearly set them up. And as you can see at the end, they weren't able to answer that question and nor did they ask him anything else going to that they were afraid to ask because they didn't get it. Okay. Right. Amen. Yeah, we don't want to be people who don't get it. We want to be people, you know, <clears throat> letting the Holy Scripture uh, highlight the meanings behind. Um, it's, it's interesting that it doesn't say God said that. Uh, and, it's, and the Lord said, the Father said, it's, it goes back to Genesis yes, where the Lord mm -hmm. said, let there be light. So if this is a prophecy, it's kind of like words are carriers, if you will. It's like, you know, J Jesus, you're going to come down into the earth and you're going to get on this bus. And even though in the bus they're going to, you know, they're going to scourge you and, and crucify you. And, and then when you get to your final destination, I'm going to be able to hold you. Mm. You're going to get to your final destination by this prophecy that the Lord said. The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor mm -hmm. at my right hand. So mm -hmm. Jesus was at the place of honor at all times yes. while, while the bus was traveling through those yes. three years of yes. Jesus' life. Until I humble your enemies for what they did beneath your feet. I humble your enemies by stumping them, uh, by him being raised from the dead, he humbled his enemies. He humbled Satan, all those people, all the followers that did not belong to him. Uh, so I would really nice to be other interpretations of uh, Bible teachers, but I don't think I'm wrong because I don't see it in the scripture where this was fulfilled. Sit in the place of honor at my right hand. When did Jesus sit in in his place of honor? When did Jesus humble his enemies beneath his feet? See, so if this is a, a Lord said to my Lord. Yeah, I, you know, the scriptures say clearly he seat, he seated in at the right hand of the Father. Yeah, so, but but after when he was raised, yeah, you and, know, and in then, Philippians. Yeah, so then he. So it's it's very powerful because say God is saying to Jesus, hey. Sit at my right hand. Stay, stay there. Is that what God said? Hey. Yeah. Okay. Hey. <laughs> the Lord. Okay. Hey, you. Till sit at my I right make, hand. till I make your enemies your footstool. Okay. I, I don't know. I take it like a word for today for us. You oh, know? for us, beautiful. Yeah, because what is an, what is the enemy here? He's here to kill, steal, and destroy. However, you know, sickness is an enemy. You know, poverty is an enemy. Uh, uh, you're, you, you know, protection is a benefit of what Jesus did at the cross. So the things that we struggle with here on this earth, okay, we we all go through issues. Don't don't say that everything is uh, perfect. Um, is that this? You know, okay. Oh, I love this because now I'm thinking. It right. says to sit down, okay, while I. Till I make your enemies your footstool. Now, you might be battling with some addiction, pornography, uh, you don't, you have lack, you, you, 
you know, you haven't gotten that promotion you wanted. You we 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 okay. Um, <laughs> uh, sickness is is the enemy is attacking you with the sickness. All of these things that happened to you down here on the earth. Attacking okay. us. Okay, so now he's saying, sit down. Well, what does God say? Rest. Rest. Yeah, that's that's so, like take care of that problem for you, Anna. That's on this side of the cross. Yes. But right now we're on the other side of the yes. cross with a with a prophecy that where do you yeah, you're right. That's exactly what that means for me. Right. So but I, but when you read that it is confusing. But now you gotta put it the way you said, all they're one. They're one. Yes, we do. So uh, the Lord said, you know, God spoke to, you can almost say God spoke to Jesus straight up, you know, because they're one, Lord, Lord, right? You think? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that, I'm, when, I'm, when, I'm taking when, this. When was this in actuality? When did that happen? Um, let's, let's, yeah, that's a good point. Let's look, look at here at this Bible. This is the Men's Study Bible, and okay. I'm going to look at another uh, commentary Bible. I did find some scriptures to go to right here. <clears throat> right here it says that on this Bible it says that it was doct a doctrinal question. Mm. It wasn't a personal question, but doc doctrinal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whose son is the Messiah? Right. And it gives us some reference. John nineteen seven, Acts two twenty five and two thirty six, and Romans one three and four. So let me go ahead and read those while you look up. Uh, see if you have any commentaries on that one. No, I would need the black one. The black one has really good... The does it have anything? Oh, yeah, it does. Hold on. What um, does it have? All right, here we go. Uh, I'm reading out of Matthew... 22. No, it's uh, boy, this is a long Bible. Yeah, it, it just it just has a few references, but it's it says right here on Hebrews four sixteen that mm -hmm. it's it's our invitation, our invitation. In other words, your and after this whole thing is done, is our invitation of sitting at the right hand of the Father. Mm. So that's exactly what you just said in a nutshell. Okay. Yeah. And it and right here the reference is Hebrews chapter four verse sixteen. Okay. If you like to go Yeah, I'll go there. Hebrews four sixteen. Go over here. Hebrews four sixteen. Um Hebrews space four Our invitation. Sixteen. Okay. Oh wow. It says, let us therefore, okay, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Amen. So it is an invitation. God says, when you got a problem, come boldly to my throne and get what you need, son or daughter, right? Amen. So um, let's go ahead and look up a few more scriptures before we uh, comment on it. Uh, can you run to uh, Acts yes. 2, 25 through 36? That's a long one. Okay, Acts and, uh, I'm gonna 2, read 25 right to what? 36. Got it. 2, 25. Okay. 
But I have a scripture here that it, it, with that, the invitation on what you just read, this scripture on 23.13, Jesus says, um, continues his conversation with them, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourself, neither suffer you them, that they enter in to go in themselves. So, it's talking about the kingdom of God and rest. Amen. On this scripture. Okay, go ahead. Give me another scripture. I'm um, going gonna, gonna to go to John. Okay, so what, what do you want me to do? Read Acts 2, 25. Okay. It says, For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. I love it. Okay. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn an oath to him, that the fruit of his body, of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on the throne. Yes, okay. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption, that Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to, to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, what, what was all the commotion? All the commotion was about because they have a law. And that's in John 19, verse 7. The Jews answered him and said, We have a law, and by, and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. Oh, wow. Power. That's why he was the Son of God. Yeah. And in Romans chapter 1, verses 3 to 4 says, Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Woo! That is heavy, babies. I think we're d d diving into something way over our heads that requires a little bit more rest and, and prayer and even fasting to uh, analyze it properly so we can get the full meaning of, the, of this scripture. 
and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness, which is the spirit that spoke, by the resurrection from the dead. See what I, I this is what I was saying. Mm -hmm. That the whole scripture encompassed that bus that he was going to be raised yes. from the dead. And at uh -huh. the yes. end, he was going to get back into heaven, but he was going to go through this prophecy. A prophecy yes. is uh -huh. a bus you get into. Mm -hmm. You go in in valleys and through situations and so forth, but you get back yeah. on the bus. <laughs> yeah, and so when you go back to reading the book of Acts, it says here, um, for you will not leave, in 27, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have... You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. So, you know, salvation is coming, right? Right. And um, and from the beginning, God created. Okay. Christ, he would, he's forcing his spoke concerning resurrection. Yeah, and that his soul was not, see it says here, his soul wasn't left in Hades, nor did his flesh see the corruption that Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. Okay, therefore being exalted to the right hand of the of God and having received from the Father the promise. See, so what did Jesus say in the book of John? You want me to go because I'm going to send you a helper, right? So the Holy Spirit was poured out as a result of the resurrection. He went to the Father to send the Holy Spirit. And so it says, even though, you know, it was a prophetic, it was almost like a prophetic, uh, it says, for David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, the Lord said to my, so he was prophetically speaking it beforehand. But, wow, this is very powerful stuff. Amen. I like it the way it just... Like the cross-referencing helps It just ra wraps it up right mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was made of the seed of David, according to the flesh, mm -hmm. and declared to be the Son of God, with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today's reading. It's just so awesome to to search the scriptures and to and Lord, you said that you you hide us for kings with little k's and for lords and for little g's, little gods. And for another addition is saint, sanctified, as we become through the blood atoning blood of Christ Jesus. In a sense, we all believers are saints. So here you go. I. Bless you out there, saints, kings, lords, uh, and, priests. and priests, and uh, one more word. Anyway, God bless you. Prophets. <laughs> Prophets. <laughs> uh, you may not, but the resurrection, the blood of Jesus Christ, and the atonement of Christ were made completely whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And you, and even though there's sin around your life, just start thanking and praising God that you're interested in the scriptures. That means all those qualifications take place because you're interested. If you weren't that saint that I'm calling you, you will not be interested. So relax. You're saved. You're sanctified. 
You're in the loop. You're in the bus. We're going to go through a lot of stuff just like Jesus did. So we just keep thank, take a tambourine and all our instruments and keep praising them. Some of us might get off the bus and get on the next bus and find out that the world will still beat you up and spit you out. In Jesus' name, go in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Be blessed, saints of God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. That's when Jesus, when, when Joseph teaches this sometimes, what he'll say is... Who's Joseph? Joseph Prince. Joseph Prince. Is he oh, on TV? No, yeah. Uh, but I, I thought you were done. Well, no. go ahead. Say okay. it. So it. he... Okay, so the last enemy that will be conquered is death here on this earth. So uh, when we when Jesus comes back, he's going to... You know, the scripture says, those who are alive and remain will be lifted up with him with a new body with a new body the uh, the dead shall rise first but those who are alive will be lifted up and will have a glorified body at that point but the, the point I'm making is death is the last enemy Jesus conquered everything already the enemy you know lack uh, sickness disease Amen. So eternal life, this is just all about eternal life. I just see it like in a bigger picture. Amen, it's, it's, amen. There, there's a lot to ponder here still just in my mind as, okay, great. Now that I know that, Anna, what are you going to do with it? You know, what, you know, it, it, to me, just reading this, it says, till I make your enemies your footstool, okay? That means when I got a problem here on this earth, I have, I remember I'm seated in the heavenly place with Jesus. He's at my right hand. I can call on him whenever I can. It's an invitation according to Hebrews 4.16 where it says, Come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace. Okay, to your daddy in heaven. Okay, and and then, you know, many times our own our own um, flesh wants to solve the problem on our ourselves. So now what I have is I have an arsenal in my back pocket. I got to sit back, relax, and and thank God for what's going on in my life and let Jesus take, whip it, whip it good. He's driving the bus. <laughs> He's driving the bus. He's the bus driver. He's and bus I just driver. need to sit and relax and know the victory's mine, okay? Amen. Because the victory's been done at the cross already. We go back to the cross always for that victory. You don't have to battle it yourself. You're not alone. So you, 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 this is out. This is a Would lot you say a, pr a prayer? <laughs> thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for this uh, time uh, today. We thank you for uh, your Holy Spirit for continuing to reveal um, the Holy Scriptures to us, Lord, that we may uh, walk completely in victory always, knowing that Jesus paid it all for us already, Lord. So we thank you for uh, giving us wisdom and understanding and knowledge of who Jesus is and what he did for us. And and it's just, wow, God. I just want to say, wow. We thank you. We praise you for this wonderful time. And we ask you to bless the people and let this uh, these seeds of words that have been spoken be planted into the people and that they would become fruit and that they would continue to prosper as they hold on to the branch, which is you, Jesus. You're the branch. Oh, I'm sorry, you're the vine, we're the branch. <laughs> anyway, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Father.
Amen. Amen. Yeah, come back here tomorrow for some more good stuff. Thank you.